Welcome to the 180 Podcast. You are listening to a teaching of the 180, a new church committed to learning to love Jesus and love like Jesus. Our prayer is that God would use this teaching to help you grow closer to Him and that you would feel moved to join us in person, where you can grow in community with the larger 180 family. Bienvenue à la balado-diffusion de l'Église 180. Vous écoutez un enseignement de l'Église 180, une nouvelle Église qui s'est engagée à apprendre à aimer Jésus et à aimer comme Jésus. Notre prière est que Dieu utilisera cet enseignement afin de vous aider à vous rapprocher de Lui et que cela vous donne envie de vous joindre à nous en personne où vous pourrez vous épanouir au sein de la communauté qu'est la grande famille de l'Église 180. Gonna, I'm not going to be long. Uh, I'm going to just share just a few words before we just celebrate communion together. But uh, I, I want to say how grateful I am for many of you who, uh, who have, have kind of committed to, to learn in this time, in a very difficult time. You know, we're never going to get another time, I think, in the history of our lives. Everyone who's listening, consider this prophetic. You know, never in the history of your life will this happen, okay? That you will open up your day timer and see still for the next few weeks forward a bit of an empty calendar. Because you're not sure what you're going to do yet. You're not sure what terrace you're going to be on. You're not sure. It's just kind of empty. And you're going to get to decide what goes in there first. You're going to make a decision. Every single one of us is going to make a decision. What will be the first thing that we put into our calendars as the thing that, thanks, as the thing that shapes the people we are going to become? You know, I thought about all the things that I miss you know, uh, since COVID. Like, I miss, you know, seeing my family. I miss kind of working out. I miss not wearing a mask. I miss, think of all the things you can't wait to do. You know, I was talking to my kids this week, and I said, hey, we're, we're getting close, you know, just encouraging them. And one of my sons says, you know, Dad, what I really miss is I miss going to Nona's house and eating her food. You know? It's like IGA when I go to Nona's house. Yeah. So, you <laughs> It's like Maxi experience. So, and, and I said, yeah, you know, what do you miss the most? What do you miss eating the most? And he's like going through all the things, you know, my mom makes. I can't wait to eat. And I took it in a moment, you know, this is pastor, me and pastor. I took a moment to tell my son, you know, there's something that Christians would have missed more than anything else in the world if they didn't do this together, which is the meal that we're going to celebrate at the church on Sunday. That all of the Christians would have been, the thing that we miss the most is celebrating that we get to break bread together and remember what Jesus has done for us. Would that be high on your list of things that you miss? Is it high on your list to say that I need to make it a priority to look at my calendar before things fill up on a Sunday or in midweek where my life is going to get busy and be shaped by all these different things that being formed in the way of Jesus needs to take priority? If we do not model this for the next generation, they will always think that church is, is not essential. They will always think that reading the Bible and following Jesus is something they get to do when they're not tired, something they get to do when they feel like they need a boost, something they, they might feel their way through, and that just will never happen. All of us got a sense of a culture that worships different things. Even just last night, some people spent over $10,000 for hockey tickets. If you're wondering whether people know how to use their money for the things that matter, you, we have glimpses of it in our culture. And we are those who are like, no, 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 this will be central. This will be a priority. We will practice this in a way and believe that God is at work doing something new in us. 
When, when the ebook came out, many of you know this, we, we shared this ebook and, and we want to get the proceeds for the book and, and we're going to donate all that to a, a charity that's helping with COVID. You know, I took a screenshot of Amazon, like I did this maybe, I think it's five weeks ago. I did a screenshot of the, the ebook and some other books that are around the book, right? And, and here's a picture of, of, of that snapshot, okay? This is the ebook is at the top, Making Sense of the Church. If you want to read it, you can go get it, right? But look at the other two books right underneath that book activation to connect with the universal spiritual guides. I was like, what the what? The, the art of forecasting with astrology, the trends. I was like, I was like, how did my book on the church get connected to this? And then I, I was like, let me look more into this. Then I looked at like U.S. astrology app revenue grew 64, over 64%, nearly 40 million. 2019, you know what this shows us? That we live in a world where people are dying for their lives to make sense. They're dying to find, like, how does that connect to that, to the star, to the moon, to the, just to feel that their, their life is connected to some purpose. And we are called as Christians to be like God. We live in a world where people believe all these other things, and we are called to be in that world and to be your people and to remind others that as they're looking for answers, I know many people that I love that don't go to church, they're looking for answers. They're looking for meaning. They're looking for a sense of purpose that they're going to have a lot of other options to pick from. And that we get to say that there's something about Jesus that changed everything for us. Where we started to understand that the way he called us to live and the kind of love that he modeled for us is the thing that teaches us what life is really about. That's what it is. And so I thought about how important it is that we want to be a church. If you're new to the 180 or you've never visited us yet, I want to tell you, like, one of the most important values that we really believe here at the church is to prepare you to be Christians, to be people who live in the real world. You're going to meet people who love astrology. You're going to meet somebody who asks you, have you ever read the book of ancient wisdom of activations of the spirits? You, you might, somebody's reading these books. This is like the top books bought on Amazon. You know, 15 bucks. My book should have been like 17 bucks. <laughs> I'm just saying like, this is the world that Jesus thought my church is going to be in this world. And my spirit will be with my people to be the people who model a different kind of way of life. We are committed to help you be those kinds of people, to help you learn how to be parents and friends who are with people and are listening to the questions that people have and say, you know what, I understand why that's important to you or I understand why that you're curious about spirituality. I understand that. And so one of the things that we're reminded of is that Jesus left his followers a moment of remembrance, not only remembrance, but a real moment of life change when they realized that they were about to enter a world that they were not ready for. The earliest followers of Jesus were not ready to see Jesus die. They were not ready to see the one who they've been following for years now, who should be the Messiah of Israel, just go on a cross. And Jesus tried to prepare them. And in order to prepare them for the world that was to come, not only his death but his resurrection, he slowed down the teaching ministry that he'd been doing with them to reflect on a meal. And this is what the Bible tells us. There's some passages in the Bible talk about this. Paul writes about it to the church in Corinth. This is what he says. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
It took me a long time to understand this idea that Jesus was connecting the freedom of Egypt, the story of Israel, where the people were set free in Egypt, with this issue of forgiveness. You know, the people at the table, the disciples at the table, they're wondering, like, did we do anything wrong? Have you ever had one of those moments you're with somebody, they say something, you're like, did I offend you? Like, did I do something wrong? The disciples at the table are going to realize, like, Jesus is talking to them about forgiveness. And he's talking to them about freedom. And if, you know, we don't have a long time to talk about this, but if you don't know the story, Jesus is celebrating a meal that's a remembrance meal of a time when the Jewish people were slaves. And so for thousands of years, Moses told the people that every time they remembered that God had set them free, they should have a meal, this meal. It's called the Passover meal. And it's in this Passover moment, they were reminded that God was the one who set them free. He had set them free, not just so that they weren't in slavery anymore. He had set them free to learn to be his people. If you want to remember anything about what it means to be the church, is that we are set free to now be people who worship Jesus as his people. We're not just set free to be our own people. We're set free to be now his people. And in a sense, in the the, the Bible, we see that this is what what it's going to mean to be the church together. And at this point, Jesus says, hey, hey." he breaks the bread and he gives them the cup. They're like, okay, maybe Jesus is still hungry. Like, well, you know, this seems fine. He says, no, no, now you're going to take this and it's going to have a new meaning for you. You will be those who remember that God is setting you free by forgiving you. A few days ago, I was wrestling with my kids. And, you know, wrestle, tumble, I have three boys. It's like they're all trying to kill me. It's like, ah, you know, one of those moments. And I turned very, very quickly, and I, and I, I nudged one of them. I hit them too hard, and they fell. And, and I, I kind of hurt them by mistake, you know. And I said, hey, buddy, you okay? And they're like, leave me alone, Dad, whatever, you know. You know they, and they wait till like, I'm not paying attention to get me back. That's the kind of revenge culture in my home. It's, it's really, like, biblical. No, I'm kidding. So, so it's like they're... They're always like doing that, right? And I turned around and I said, I'm sorry. And I realized, you know, for so many people, forgiveness has come to mean like, oh, I'm just sorry I made a mistake. I'm just sorry, like I didn't mean to do it and it's like not a big deal and, you know, moving on. But that's not what forgiveness means in the Bible. Forgiveness is not just saying I'm sorry. Forgiveness is saying, God, I need to be set free from the thing that keeps me away from worshiping you as king. And if we don't understand this, we tend to think that saying forgive me is the same as saying I'm sorry. They're not the same thing. We are living in a world where people are wondering whether we're going to be those who really model having been forgiven and whether we're going to be those who know how to forgive others as well. Those who are forgiven live differently in this world. Taking this meal this morning is saying, God, I need to be a person that's shaped by your forgiveness. One of the things that happens to each of us when we're forgiven is that we can enter the stories of the broken, the broken stories we meet of people in our world who feel that the mistakes that they've made can never be forgiven. I meet so many people who tell me, if you only understood how bad my life was, if you only knew all the mistakes I've made, you wouldn't invite me to your church. And I'm like, if you only knew that Jesus had a meal with his disciples that changed everything. That even the worst things that you think you've done, the deepest secrets that you have, that you don't, only have, you don't need to just say, oh, I'm sorry, God, I won't do it away again. It's that forgiveness is saying, God's like, I will give you the strength now to not even want to do those things anymore. I'm about to transform something in you that goes so much further than just saying, I'm sorry. So this morning when you walked in, we gave you the cup and we gave you kind of a wafer. It's kind of our COVID protocol. 
And I want you to just grab it now. Just take it. And as you hold it, I want to read a passage of Scripture for us. In light of us taking communion together. If you're at home, you want to grab a cup of juice or a little bit of wine or a cracker just to do this with us. This is what Jesus says to his disciples as they take it. So just give it a second. If you're online, you're missing the sounds of the plastic. It's, it's really authentic for us here. It's, it's authentic. It's like... Walmart communion. Anyway, okay. It's a joke. It's a joke. Jesus says this, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the wine, the vine, from now on until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. That after the disciples of Jesus take communion together, they're going to sing. You ever wonder what they sang? You ever wonder what a bunch of like 12 men and some women would have sounded like? It's like, you guys are horrible. Like, where did you learn how to sing? They're going to sing some of the psalms. We know that the Jewish people sang some of the psalms as part of their Passover celebration. But this day would have been different because they would have understood that the songs that they're singing now have to do with what Jesus just said to them. That the time will come again where Jesus is sitting at a table symbolically waiting to have this meal with us again. Just close your eyes before we take communion together. Can you picture Jesus waiting for you at a table? Can you picture a chair at that table for you? What is Jesus going to say to you when you sit at that table? Maybe this is the time for you to ask God to help you surrender things that must be forgiven. Things that have kept you away from the kind of person that Jesus is calling you to become. This is a perfect time to remember that whatever you say cannot keep you from the love of Jesus. broke the bread. He said, this is my body broken for you. Let's take a minute. Take the bread together. And he took the cup and he gave it a new meaning. This cup will forever remind you of my forgiveness and my freedom that's available to you now. Let's take this together. Let me read the slide. It said, then Jesus told them this. I mean, they're singing, they're celebrating, they're like, this is it. Jesus is going to do this. And then Jesus says this to them, told them, this very night, 
you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. And there's a moment that Jesus says, now that you've taken this meal, I have prepared you now to understand that you're going to experience things in this world that will not make sense to you all the time. But you are those who are being sustained now by the power of God, even in times when you don't feel you know what's going to happen next. Can I just tell you that over the next few weeks and few months, none of us know what's going to happen next. But we are those who are being sustained by the power of God. We are those who are being sustained by the strength and the meal of forgiveness because of the love that Jesus shows us. So as you stand this morning, maybe you're at home, I just encourage you to just think about the many things that you will go through this week, pressures you will face, that will maybe make you question God's faithfulness. I'm sure those earliest disciples will feel that as they take this meal and Jesus says, I'm going to die now, and all of you are going to run off and begin to doubt all of this. We are so blessed to live in a time where we can read back into the scriptures and understand something that even those first disciples didn't understand, that Jesus was going to die, but he was going to come back to life. And that's why we gather together. That's why we worship. That's why we even have the church. So as we wrap up the series, may we remember when somebody asks you, like, what's church for? Like, why do you do this? We do this because we're shaped by the sacrifice of Jesus for us forever. Let's just pray as we close. Father, this morning we got a glimpse of how you've been at work in many of us. And even this past week, I think of the ways that you've been inviting us to learn and to grow and to prepare to gather again and to see more of us worshiping together. I pray for those who are at home who wanted to be here today. I pray that they would really sense that they're missed and that as things open up that we would see each other smiling and crying and praying and learning, eating together and inviting others who feel that their lives are too broken to experience your forgiveness, that there's space for them at this table. There's space for them to surrender and to experience your forgiveness as well. I thank you for the things you're going to teach us. I thank you for the things that you're going to surprise us with. In the midst of all of the noise and all of the statistics and all the things that we think might happen, Jesus, you are sovereign above that. So do something that surprises us and help us to be ready to model the kind of love that you've shown to us. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Everyone, we're, uh, we're always so grateful to be together. I want to just tell you, next week we're starting a new teaching series. Our new teaching series is called uh, Teach Us to Pray. And it's really about a time when the disciples ask Jesus, hey Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? And I think it's a great time, just a transition before we really hit into the summer, to maybe slow down and, and reflect on how you're doing with prayer. Maybe some of you have been joining in on Wednesday night, but more than just a time of prayer, but learning to really take, make prayer serious, serious thing in our lives. So we pray you join us. If you're watching online, also remember you can start signing up for our in-person Bible studies coming soon, uh, a Bible study on the book of Jonah. 
So we're going to take some time living the Old Testament a little bit together. And uh, until then, we love you. We miss you. You don't have to rush off. Just, uh, you know, before you go, you want to see some people smile? Just take off your masks. Turn around. Some people smile nicer than others. Some people's smiles are not nice. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Hey, God bless everyone. Hey, at home, it's great to have you with us. Hope to see you soon. God bless everyone. See you soon.